I'll give you guys some beats for this thing too? Yeah, if you yeah. could, yeah, that'd be great. So we just sprinkle them in throughout. Okay. Yeah, whatever you got. Do you have any like edit beats you can give us? Uh, I've been working on this secret project for like a few years. I've got oh, like hundreds baby. of beats, man. Ooh. Giddy up. Hundreds of beats, man. Perfect. We gotta talk about that then. <laughs> hundreds of beats. <laughs> Yo, what's up with the Great Dane Splice Pack? <laughs> Hook it up, bro. Yo, it's sick. Yo, it's pretty sick. I'm working. Oh, dude. It Hook is. It up, it's bro. all good stuff. I just listened to it. I need sick. all of it too. Yeah, Glitch Mob's working on one right now too, but Splice Pack. Yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah we're gonna take. We're basically gonna gonna give all the drums from our albums nice like Hell straight yes. up damn like all the drum sounds that's man. so Dude, sick i love splice man yeah, yeah. i love splice what kind of what kind of splice shopper are you are you are you kind of like value pack you go on you buy the entire pack or are you like the meticulous like i listen to every single sound and only spend 75 cents <laughs> kind of splice shopper <laughs> when i do get a splice pack i just get the whole thing yeah um, I kind of just let it rot for a little while and I didn't get any packs and eventually I canceled my account uh -huh. and then something something dropped a pack and I re got my account because I was like I gotta get that pack. <laughs> okay. right. So I'm a very sporadic splice shopper like I'll forget it exists for a while mm -hmm. and then I'll go back to it but yeah yeah dude. Yeah I feel like you kind of got to go to the artist packs that are like sick with it you know like mm -hmm. you can't just find a joe schmo it's easy to just search like rim snare and yeah. then it's just like a bunch of joe schmoes and then you find like the <laughs> flume pack and you're like oh i'll just take the whole flume pack or i'll take the whole glitch mob pack as soon as that's out <laughs> cranes propane bamboo snare man. Yeah. <laughs> legendary greatest, greatest sound of all time legendary <laughs> i don't understand how crane has time for anything else he's got so many millions of samples on splice <laughs> Such a prolific dude. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So I was supposed to be doing 10 a day. That was my goal. And I didn't do any. I did 10 total until today. And now I'm trying to do 30 a day to make up 30 for sounds. It. Yeah. Right on. But I did. Well, they, they say like 250 is like the sweet spot. Really? Ooh, oh, shit. So if you got Damn. about 250 sounds. Well, I'm, then I'm way behind. Money. I need to make. He told me 100, but. Okay. Fuck. Damn it. All right. Then I got to push it back. I got to. I told him by the end of January, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, I just fucked your whole game up, bro. No, I'd rather have it be a good pack than be on time. So. <clears throat> mm -hmm. we, should, uh, we should probably introduce our guest yeah, here. Let's, uh, <laughs> we could, why don't we put this later, the thing we just recorded. Oh, we're good. Let's introduce him. All right. <laughs> or either way, whatever. Because <laughs> we got to do like, the, welcome to, oh, whatever, dude. I'm, I'm nervous with editing. Let me get this. <laughs> welcome to the Team Supreme Podcast. We got edit up in this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What's up? Yeah. yeah. We got edit from the glitch mob. Real name is Ed, right? Mm -hmm. I don't even know. What's your full real name, Ed? Yeah, man. Yeah, Edward. Edward. Edward is like what it says on the driver's license. Nice. Edward. But most people just call me Ed. Nice, sir. Mm -hmm. Speaking of driving, are you just driving a car? Or are you still driving a motorcycle around? Little bit of both, man. Little Ooh. bit. I. I I only got the motorcycle literally because I hate Los Angeles traffic. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I didn't, I didn't really get it because I like to go fast or anything. I haven't even taken my bike up past eighty miles per hour. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Just for cruising, just to cut. Just through. to get around that LA traffic, man. Yeah. You know. I feel that. I've thought mm -hmm. about that before. Like, I would only want to do it when it's like bad traffic. Because you know? mm -hmm. it's so scary when you go. It's actually there. one of the safest times to ride, man. Is mm. a gridlock traffic. Mm. Yeah. It yeah. equalizes everyone. Yeah. 
you have like the least possibility of being t-boned by a car damn in gridlock traffic I was thinking about that the other week when it was raining super heavy. I was like, kind of enjoying it. That's the worst it. time to ride, man. That's like... <laughs> oh, for... Yeah. Yeah. Woo. If you're on a motorcycle, that's bad news, yeah. man. That's like the most miserable time to ride is in a rainstorm. <laughs> Damn, son. Well, thanks for coming through, bro. Thanks yeah, for having guys, me. If you guys don't know, the people that are listening, uh, Ed has been a huge help to me and Preston and Team Supreme from the very beginning. Um arguably the reason we all went into this career yeah <laughs> was oh, through edit and through the glitch mob and yep so it's full circle having him on the podcast for sure yeah Dude, man glad to be here love you guys man <laughs> yeah, Thanks yeah. For having me. i could honestly say i think you kick-started me like like kick-started my writing like in the early days like virtual boy days like that yeah. was that was all like you guys were the ones that lit the match for that. Like, oh, it dope. Just That's like in, inspired us to get mm -hmm. going can you, so much. Can you explain uh, how that happened? I mean, like what exactly happened? For yeah. Me? So back when we were at Chapman years ago, many moons ago, we took a class by Steve Nalepa, mm -hmm. uh, this music tech class. And I think, do you remember when you guys came through and you guys gave us a, a little demo, I guess, mm -hmm. of like uh, you guys had, you were just starting to play around with your touchscreen pads at that time. And yeah, the lemur. The lemur, that's the name, yeah. yeah. That was crazy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Steve introduced <laughs> us to your music and it cool. blew, blew our goddamn minds. <laughs> dope, like completely dope. blew our minds. The, and the Glitch Mob or Edit? Both, Ed, yeah, bo both your solo music and, and the early, it was like early Glitch Mob. I think you guys probably had like five songs out at that time. Yeah. And it was, it was but they were all bangers and just on another level and oh, that thanks, introduced man. us to low end theory and mm -hmm. brought it brought us into that whole culture so yeah, yeah man you guys were the were the kickstart to everything for us oh, right yeah. on, man. <laughs> cool yeah, yeah man. and I, I think everything you just said was the kickstart to what i'm doing like the, mm -hmm. the fact that i went into music was a big part of it was virtual boy and watching you guys and if you guys hadn't you know been inspired by him like it's just full circle man like it's pretty oh, cool man that's what it's all about, man. You know, just like paying it forward to uh, the next generation. And that's like something that I've always been big on and still big on to this day. And kind of like, you know, um, yeah, just being a part of the community, especially with like all like the next generation of brilliant producers coming out of like Los Angeles and stuff. You know, obviously, Curtis, Fam, Saruta, you know, Wooly, like all those guys, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, that's really what it's all about, man. That's awesome. How did you get? Um, how did you first kind of hear about? Because I have my own story with like kind of getting connected with the Curtis fam guys, mm -hmm. um, but I feel like you probably have a different. Like, is it just kind of through the internet you heard some stuff? Strictly through SoundCloud, man. SoundCloud. Strictly through SoundCloud. Yeah, I was like, um, I uh, I forgot like a couple years ago. I was just you know like I, I've just been deep in Glitch Mob like the entire time and like. Glitch Mob for me is it's pretty much like a full time job, you know. Mm -hmm. I've uh, I've been engineering our records for the past ten years and stuff, and it's um, yeah, it's like there's literally like no time to do anything else. But <laughs> you know, a few years back, uh, I got a you know just like some offers to like DJ some gigs. It all started actually um, DJing this party called Let Them Eat Cake, which is thrown by my buddy Jerry Poon mm. um, in Australia on New Year's Day in Melbourne. Uh, he's part of this crew called The Operatives. And um, yeah, man, like I just, I got the gig and I was like, okay, I need to like, you know, put together a DJ set and like basically start coming out and like DJing again. And uh, yeah, I basically just like went on to SoundCloud and just kind of like uh, literally was just like hunting down a bunch of stuff. And then it just stumbled across, you know, 
Thomas, Saruta, uh, Tristan, like all their stuff and had no idea that, you know, they had any relation to you guys or, you know, the Noisia dudes or Ivy Lab or any of that stuff. Um, and just kind of like organically you just discovered organically them. found like the heaters. Like. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and then, and then just started DJing their stuff out and just, you know, naturally just started to connect with them. And then obviously realized shortly thereafter that the circle was like a lot smaller than, than I thought that, you know, they knew all the same people that I knew as well too and stuff. And obviously became friends with them and started hanging out with them and stuff. And yeah. That's yeah. dope, man. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. a second ago that you uh you have a little secret project you're working on <laughs> is some of that inspired by some of this new stuff that you've been finding uh yeah i think i think inherently i think like um yeah i guess it's i guess it's just kind of like the next evolution of like the super og edit kind of like crying over pro stuff but kind of like modernized up to this era you know i think to some degree it's definitely like one foot in like left field bass music world but still it's kind of got the the melodic soul of like the old stuff but dude i mean like just because like i've i've been away and like haven't put out anything is that it doesn't mean that i haven't been working on music you know to me it's like you know like um you know like 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 i i think of i think of being in the studio it's like it's a muscle that you got to train like every single day and um yeah i mean like any second that i get like when i'm on the plane when i'm in the hotel room at any gig like in my bunk on the tour bus or whatever like i'm still training that muscle even though i haven't put any stuff out i mean i haven't really finished much stuff but dude i've got like hundreds of beats damn dude i cannot i cannot fucking wait yeah yeah. (laughs) as much as as much as glitch mob was a big part of like inspiration for for us getting started like for me personally it was is your beats like your oh, thanks, edit man. edits beats like mm. that was what kind of that plus you know around that time was like what like hudmo and yeah yeah and, uh john i mean john wayne's a little later maybe but yep, like those yep. you three and like yeah. yeah dude his instagram is fire too. <laughs> yeah. like all his like <laughs> are so sick yeah you know the fact that he makes all that shit just like on all that electron gear man dude so sick next level what was his alias he because he made a lot of team supreme beats in the early days he uh would send in as like aliases and he wouldn't tell us that it was him he would just send in stuff randomly no did you did you get us once once or twice 
no, man. No, you Dude. didn't. You, well, I, I think you guys, you guys kind of hooked me. You up. got cut. Yeah. <laughs> no. You guys, guys kind of hooked me up. Like it was like honorable mention style. Yeah, honorable mention. I got a little honorable mention. Love. That's funny, man. Yeah. Wait. So what was John Wayne's <laughs> alias? So John Wayne. The... We actually, since we haven't, you haven't heard the new podcast yet. Like, uh huh. We talked about it last week. Oh yeah, yeah. And I like used one of his tracks as a transition. Yes. The, in my opinion, the best one he ever did. And he he put it out as um, E Quick Knox. E Quick Knox. Maybe Mister right. E Quick Knox. That's right. I don't know, but yep, yep. There's at least like three or four of them, and they're really fucking good. Like they sound like John yeah. Wayne beats for sure. Like dope. Yep. But yep. yeah, the one I put on <laughs> last week was from Volume 14. Hell that's yes. Sick. Shit is so good, man. That's that, that, <clears throat> that's almost like the best way to do it is just kind of like on the stealth submit yep. to. The Team Supreme podcast. It's like I won't even want you guys to know that I was submitting. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I just do it on the stealth. You know, yep. just kind of like you know. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Just bro. let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, man. I need to do. I've that. done it a couple times actually. Hell what, yeah! What, Super on the stealth. Can you tell Let's us who, tie, man. who is the? Do you know? Okay, don't tell us who the name was, but like which volumes? Do you know? I can't remember like the which volume, but there was one I I remixed. Um, Henry's Don't Stay Away. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, like secretly, secretly, and it's on the cipher. It's not, it didn't make it. Oh, but you guys, you guys gave me a little bit of honorable mention afterwards. You gave me like a little, a little tweet love afterwards. Oh, and then, um, and then I think the next one that I did was, um, I think it was like Plasticians, like grime thing, oh, he had some, like yeah. grime vocals or something like that. Yep, yeah. That is that one ridiculous. on there? No. Damn, son. No. Preston's a you savage. You for two? No. <laughs> Don't put it on me, man. <laughs> I will it's say. It's all good, so though. For everyone, like, no, for everyone that blows us up saying, like, fuck you guys for not, like, putting oh. me on. We didn't put edit on twice. So. I, have, I have an excuse. Both of those were, so the Plastician one, Plastician picked all those beats. And the Henry one, Henry oh, picked all those beats. so yeah. you can blame them. It's on them. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not even mad at it. I mean, part, part of the fun is really just making it yeah and just you know yeah. just for sure it is just the like chips fall where they that's made. what exactly like, team supreme for me has always been like what you said the muscle thing like it's just an excuse to like flex the muscle just exactly like, yeah 100 percent. yep yep percent yeah 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 man i'm so i i'm like blown away that you have like still enough time to make beats because like i remember i mean you you took us out on tour a long time ago mm -hmm. with with the uh, with penthouse actually <clears throat> yeah with the penthouse penthouse back in the early days of penthouse penthouse we went on tour with the glitch mob that was a fucking amazing tour by the way that was <laughs> yeah, so man. much fun we had crazy amounts of fun Good man. Times, man that was dope played live with cody in the band mm -hmm. I remember. <laughs> yep. right in front of the blade every day <laughs> yeah, man. that was sick absolutely man that was great man but uh yeah ju i just remember Every time we had like downtime, you were just gone. We couldn't even like was like, where's Ed? He's working was the answer every time. You just even yeah. on tour, man, you were grinding. Yeah, man, it's it, it's really just um the commitment to myself to sharpen my sword every single day. You know, it's like for me it's like no excuses, man. You mm -hmm. know, it's like I just I just wanna I just wanna get better. I just wanna consume as much knowledge as humanly possible, just like Kobe Mamba mentality. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know I mean, to me, it's like there's no resting on my laurels. Like, yeah. if there are any, or like whatever. You know what I mean? Like, to me, it's just like every day is like day one to me. It's like starting over and just trying to just like get better and like yeah, just like um, really just like become the master of my craft when mm -hmm. uh, you know when I go to my grave. You know what I mean? And like to me, like I don't feel like 
I'm there yet. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So mm-hmm. to me, like every day is, is training day. And like, yeah, that's a commitment to myself. Like, you know, like when I'm on tour, it's like, you know, like when my band, you know, I'm not trying to like talk bad about them or whatever, but you know, like when there's free time to go eat brunch or like whatever, you know what I mean? Like to me, it's like, I just prefer to use my free time to either go rock climbing in the gym mm-hmm. or like, yeah, I'd be working on tunes, mm-hmm. you know, even if it means that the, the, the music will never come out, you know, mm-hmm. like, I think like a lot of people nowadays, you know, like a lot of the young producers get caught up in, well, I need to make something for a reason. Like this music has to come out at some point in time. Yeah. But to me, like, it's like so much of, of making music is about self exploration. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, it's like kind of just like, um, a chronicle yeah. of like yeah. where where I've been this yeah. entire time. And to me, you know, it's like, you know, like I have Glitch Mob that I get to share with the world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and it's it's music that we make for the fans. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. to me, it's like, yeah, like mm-hmm. all this stuff that I've been doing this entire time, it's it's really just music that I've been making for myself. That's you know great. I mean? so. And like, I think I kind of, I feel that like mentality like it's for you, but I feel like sometimes if you have the mentality, like in a good way, you just kind of make tons of shit and then the best stuff is like, okay, obviously this one's going to come out. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. You know of course. I mean? like, yeah. yeah. And it just kind of takes the pressure off. It's like, mm-hmm. cause I've had, I've had kind of like writer's block, like not even writer's block, but like releaser's block. Like mm-hmm. I've been writing every day for like a few, like the last, I mean for years, but yeah. like specifically the last couple months. And there was like tons of shit that I was like, pretty much planning to release mm-hmm. but for some reason or another it just didn't feel like i should right and now like i have like a couple tracks where it's like oh this, this one i'm gonna release for sure uh-huh. and i didn't feel that way about those and it's just like let them let them go you know yeah like, mm-hmm. they'll just be in my computer yeah that that's one thing that that my girl's really good at she's like not really precious with her creative process mm-hmm. and she's really good at just like i'm gonna make this and then, like, I'm going to put it out, like, yeah. as soon as humanly possible and, like, yep. not look back on it. Not worry about whether it's, like, yep. ultra fire or not. You know, it's it's literally just, like, a point in time and, like, where you're at. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Um, and that's something that, like, in the Glitch Mob, it's harder. You know what I mean? Because mm. um, I think, like, the three of us were all caught up in this standard of what glitch mob music should be mm-hmm. and what it is for the fans mm-hmm. and you know not being able to drop it unless it's like absolutely positively primo and as a result there's been like all this glitch mob music that's been written that's it's never come never out come and never out. will come out yeah either, yep. you know what i mean yeah um so for me to like really combat that yeah like you know like every day you know just really trying to find some time to to make some music and give myself some like studio exercises, you know, just kind of like, all right, I got two hours here, Mm -hmm. you know, like I need to finish an idea in two hours, even if it's just like a super short, like one or two minute beat or loop or like whatever. Hell yeah. That's dope to hear that from you, you know, because I think most people just see the glitch mob work, you know, but they don't know there's all this other stuff going on behind the scenes. It's Mm -hmm. like you're, do you feel like you're working out different muscles when you do that? Like your own stuff versus the glitch mob stuff 100%, versus some other thing. 100%. Yeah. Like I think the I think like the glitch mob sound, it's like, you know, like when I get into the studio with the fellas, it's like it's like a hat that I put on. Mm-hmm. I think it's a hat that we all put on. Mm-hmm. And um you know, the, you know, ultimately the glitch mob sound, it's the 
it's the intersection of what the three of us believe mm-hmm. the glitch mob should sound like. It's not even like what any of us individually yeah. think the glitch mob should sound like. It's the compromise mm-hmm. of what the three of us think it should sound like. So inherently it's this it's this sound that gets birthed that is actually like if the three of us were to do it on our own, it mm-hmm. wouldn't even sound like that. But it's you know, it's where that meets um and it's definitely obviously it's um it's it's a hat that i've gotten very good at putting on Mm -hmm. you know for the the past 10 years and it's it's a button that like you know like when i go into the studio i feel that like you know i can execute that very well guys are like i would say pretty much mainstream music at this point like Mm -hmm. you're you're at that level so do you have obligations like oh when you had to have an album by this date or you kind of just free freestyle it like however you want yeah i mean like that's the beauty of of essentially being our own record label yeah is like there aren't the pressures of like you need to deliver something by x date Mm -hmm. and historically we haven't been like you know, I'm just going to use like someone like Bass Nectar, for example, where it's like there's an album every single year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. historically, we haven't been that. You know, we've we've um, really just written music on our own time and then, you know, figured out when is it that we're going to bust out the blade, you know? But, um, I, you know, like I think... Can, um, I don't want to interrupt you, but you should explain to the blade to everybody because, I mean, not everyone knows, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, the blade. Yeah, the blade is, it's basically... Um, it's basically like our our live performance instrument, our yeah. custom live performance instrument that we perform in. It's also our production, um, and yeah, it's basically, um, I guess, like in its current incarnation, like Blade Two Point It's it's basically just the descendant of like when we were the early days of us playing on lemurs and mm-hmm. like rolling V drums and stuff. Just kind of like. Uh, you know, all the technology behind it has been pimped out and updated to modern times. And then obviously um, enclosed in this crazy kind of like Martin Phillips designed uh, fascia that, you know, kind of like looks like it's, I don't know, some spaceship from the future. Yeah. And and watching you like troubleshoot stuff from backstage is like... (laughs) 
it's cr- it is literally like watching Blade Runner. Like oh. you're like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. The 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 blade is it's it's a labor of love. But um, <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna put the blade on ice for a little bit, and I think like you know to your point of uh, kind of like you know like re- you know releasing music on like a more regular fashion. Mm. I think that's something where we're gonna start doing this coming year. It's kind of cool. like less less blade shows and less kind of like you know album cycles every few years and a little bit more kind of like you know just kind of <laughs> releasing music on a more frequent basis you know that's cool and you guys are you guys are doing like a club uh tour right now right not yeah not your usual huge production yeah we're, we're in the middle of it right now man we're just basically taking it back to the roots of um you know kind of like the og like glitch mob like dj sets you yeah know I mean? basically just like three guys up there just just playing music like no production nothing just like small rooms and stuff hell yeah is it all original or are you doing kind of dj sets no they're they're dj sets i would say like you know like half the music is other people's stuff half the music is our stuff tight so who else are you dropping i'm gonna assume saruta (laughs) no we like i i play a bunch of thomas's stuff in my own dj Mm, sets but like we don't have any of thomas's stuff in uh this current dj set but um you know, we got some G. Jones in there, and we got some Salva. Hell yeah. Um, you know, yeah, like like a bunch of stuff kind of like in the, uh, you know, some Zeke beats. I would say kind of like a little bit more of the ravier kind of like left field bass music stuff. Some mm-hmm. E-Prom maybe? <laughs> yep, there's some E-Prom in there as well too. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Dope. Do you guys still go out to Joshua Tree to record stuff? Uh, the last record... Uh, we started the writing process in Joshua Tree. Nice. And I think only like one sketch from those sessions actually made it into a song um, on the record. I think it was actually the tune that we did with Elohim. Nice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Got you. That I love that you guys do that. That actually inspired Henry and I to like write a lot of our stuff in New Mexico, like back yeah. in the day. And I realized how big of like a bit like a help it is like especially like back when i was in college and i was like so i was working and going to school at the same time mm-hmm. taking a break and going somewhere and writing somewhere where you're you're not used to being in like yeah. it's it's massive for creativity like it's crazy yeah you guys kind of like influenced us to do that and i always say to people who have like writer's block and stuff like that's something you should try you know go somewhere yeah or even if you're on the road just like you know like if you're a touring musician just like being in your hotel room, like wherever, you know what I mean? Just kind of like, yeah. just being outside yep. of your normal comfort zone where you create can be, can be really good. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of just, will just, I don't know, feel that creativity in like a different way that you didn't yep. think was possible. Airplane beats are always sick for some yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah, airplane, airplane is especially on cross country flights where you got the four to five hour block. Yeah, yeah. That's like, perfect yes. and yes. it also helps the time go really fast oh, yeah like it oh, can yeah. you can knock out hours and not even notice that yeah if you just get in the zone you know? yeah man I'm all, I'm all about the airplane beats even on the shorter flights i think like the just like the one hour flight it's yeah. like really good to like yep. to train that muscle to be like i've got one hour mm-hmm. like let's just try to do something and it's also like a good practice to like like i don't know if you guys create in a template but like i used to never create in a template mm. but like this year, like I kind of like got my like template dialed, figured out, 
super solid to like just open it and go. Oh, you know what nice. I mean? Yeah. So, but I used to never be a template guy, but um, yeah, I'm I was still, uh, I'm still not a template guy. You got to convince me, man. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> well, well the thing is, the thing is, I was never a template guy, but like I was um, I was like emailing back and forth with Crane oh, actually, uh-huh. and um, you know, like like he was just like hitting me up about just kind of like you know just just for some studio knowledge and stuff and just like sending me some of his like full on like Ableton tracks as they were like in his Ableton session. And I cracked it open and I realized like, Oh damn, like the way that this dude can write so fast is because he's just got like all the tools Mm. like laid out exactly where he needs them. And so like you basically, you, you just kind of cut out the whole preparation time, Mm -hmm. you know? And that was like something that, that I realized in like, in the process of writing this last glitch mob record, although we didn't start with a writing template, like I started with like a mixed down template mm. and starting with the mixed down template, you know, because like, you know, like I had to engineer our entire record and everything. And like, it really helped the process go way, way quicker. And so, you know, this year I've just kind of carried it into kind of like, okay, like when I'm on the road, just making beats in my bunker or, or whatever, like I really got to have that template like ready just to like fire and like, boom, just like, be off to the races running that's super dope so yeah. wait what goes into a mix down <laughs> template specifically well well like a mix at least like um like well it wasn't last year but i guess like the year before when i was mixing uh see without eyes like a lot of it was just um basically like you know like when when i conceptually think about like the parts and the landscape of a glitch mob song right like uh-huh. there's always going to be drums there's always going to be percussion there's there's most likely going to be like you know like a distorted bass line a sub bass underneath that probably some chords probably a lead line maybe an arp maybe vocals uh definitely like a bunch of sound effects sweeps like all that kind of stuff so if you can break it down like that you can like methodically kind of like group everything in those kinds of chunks and then kind of like already have like all your like EQs, compressors, verbs, like all mm. that stuff, like ready to go mm-hmm. for those specific um, elements of your tune. So you're not sitting there like wasting a bunch of time, like yeah. setting it up, even though you yeah. would set it up the same way yeah. every yeah. single time think, you mix down yeah. a tune. I think you've convinced me. You've convinced me. Because I, yeah. I, I just yeah. like this most, like I never even used to organize my shit at all. Like, yeah. I would just do everything. You would single... just open up Ableton and just start empty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. But totally. like even at the uh, yeah. end, I wouldn't group things and label them. I would just go to each individual track, make sure it's EQ'd right. And like I just now started making sure that like at the end I group everything and I clean it all up. Yeah. And that would be so easy. Like the current track I'm working on, I could easily just click, like I could delete everything except for like the way that I grouped everything. Yeah. And just click save as template. And it would mm-hmm. save me so much time. Yeah, totally, yeah. man. I just have to start, yeah. You totally <laughs> or or yeah. like or even like really basic shit like stuff that you would side chain no matter what you know yeah what I mean? like if you're making like some trap shit 808 so you would side chain to a kick like already, already having stuff like that yeah. set up yeah. and ready to go is gonna save you like loads of time man. i think the only problem i have with templates um is when people do templates that are like marking like i mean we used to when I taught at Icon, I would see kids like verse intro yeah. verse. Yeah, and I'm just like that's <laughs> well, so, well, like, well, that's actually the, the way that all the cymatics templates are set up. Because like I I downloaded a bunch of those just to crack them open, <laughs> just to take a look, and like they're actually full songs like 
ready to go and, See, that and it, bugs you, me, you basically just kind of swap out the sound I guess I just don't want to make that kind of music like I don't right. I, I want to have uh-huh. things that always are surprising like, of course yeah. but think but think about the kid that's just like you know making like EDM trap bangers and stuff like sure. that yeah, like yeah. for that kid it's, yep. it's like if it's more just like volume or just kind of like you're yeah. basically just like shooting darts and eventually hoping that you get that one hit it's, it's more just like about just like pumping it out on the daily you know that makes I mean? sense and like in that fashion <laughs> yeah. i can see how yeah. how that can work and how those cymatic templates can can be beneficial but like yeah when i cracked that up and i was like oh this is just not my creative process yeah but trying to like you know look at it from the other side and just be like what can i learn from can this you know what I mean? for, and, yeah. I, and, and there are probably lots of people out there that have those type type of things and then they like consciously break the rules but it helps them to like start yeah, yeah. And i don't want to like hate on yeah. that like that's totally fine oh just, dude for me like it just hurt my like yeah. heart to see that like these kids <laughs> no, come in oh, like dude it's this it's, is my verse and this is my chorus and, yeah. oh come on dude. i'm ready to make some content <laughs> yeah no it's it's, def- it's definitely no hating at all like you know like 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 that's the beauty of it right is like you know like dude I, i've been at this for so long but i can still crack open a cymatics template and be like Okay, what it, what is the good in this? Yeah. Like, what can I what can I take away from yeah. this from like this current young generation of like EDM trap banger kids, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of like put into my creative process. You know, what I mean? that's a good For outlook sure. to like yeah. look at the good of, of things. And Absolutely, man. I, gotta, sure. I have to con- like constantly remind myself of that. So yeah, man, it's it's just like that that. Uh, that Tom Brady clip that's going around on the on the gram right now. You guys see that where the young kid is like, "What do you do about the haters?" Oh yes. And Tom Brady's just like, "The haters? We just love them, man. We just love them, and then we love them some more, man." You know? And I was like, "Hell yeah, Tom Brady. That's what's up, dude. That's what's up." Dude. Tom Brady, amazing. Definitely wanted to ask you about Toki Monster. Yeah. What's good, man? Tell us the story. Yeah, that's uh Toki Monster's the love of my life, man. You know, that's that's my girl. And um yeah, we've been at it for a while and she's an amazing woman and super grateful to have her in my life and yeah. Hell yeah. And you uh you said you guys just kind of moved in together? Yeah, man. Yeah, I sold my house and um yeah, staying with Toki now. How's that? Um it's it's dope. Like we we live in Echo Park. We live um, right by Cookbook and stuff, and it's like a dope little hood. And um, I think it's it's challenging cohabitating and like not having your own space. But you know, mm-hmm. it's um, 
it's also beautiful at the same time, you know, like I get to see her every day and like we got our animals all up in there and everything and in a dope hood and yeah, it's cool. How's the, uh, the Grammy nomination? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. She got nominated for a Grammy and, um, super proud of her, super stoked for her. And yeah, we're going to the Grammys together. Hell Fuck yeah. yeah dude. Nice. She's also presenting at the Grammys. What? As well too, what? So. A little stressful, like, trying to, like, you know, deal with the whole, like, red carpet thing and the outfit and, like, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, like, I have faith that it's it's all going to work out and, like, I just got to be, I just got to be, like, rolling with the program. You know what I mean? You got to be the eye candy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Damn, I got to, like, step my game up there, man. <laughs> Shit. You should talk to, uh, to Henry because he went a few years ago and he, like... He looked fucking good, man. He got a suit. I he forgot, swagged up. I yeah, where he got it from. He looked. Yep. He looked like he was ready for the Grammys. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. What, he went to a. He told me where he got his suit, but I forgot. Yeah, you gotta come. Man. You gotta come in strong, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what is the category she's nominated for again? Uh, I think it's like best electronic album. Nice. Yeah. Damn, Easy, man. that's major yeah. stuff, man. Yeah, man. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Have uh have you guys entertained the idea of doing a track together or collaborating together? Have you guys you know, people ask me that all the time. But, you know, the thing with Toki is that, you know, like like everybody everybody in LA, like, you know, and, and in the game, they, they all know how nerdy I am in the studio and stuff. So there's already people that assume that like I make her beats and shit. No, so she's yeah. like super adamant <laughs> sure. about wanting everybody to know like she makes her own yeah. music. Yep, yeah. yep. You know? Yep. So to answer your question, no. We yeah. haven't collabed wow. on uh on anything. We'll we'll do like some like writing exercises sometimes, like at the crib Ooh. where like we'll basically just like we'll we'll do some Team Supreme shit. We'll just take two samples, give ourselves two hours and like make a beat with just those two samples and then share with each other like what we did. But, like, we don't collab on any tunes with each other. Sometimes, like, I'll engineer some of her sessions. I've recorded some of the, like, you know, like, the Anderson Pack stuff and, like, you know what I mean? But, you know, when she needs a Pro Tools engineer every once in a while, like, if I'm available, I'll do it. But, you know. That's tight, though, man. Yeah. So, you guys still, like, you help each other out and you guys, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Work on shit somewhat yeah. together. That's cool, man. But It's cool that you yeah. can even, like, do the same thing. Like yeah. You Absolutely, know, man. I mean, sometimes I'll record my girlfriend like mm-hmm. for samples, but that's about the extent of <laughs> like, yeah. what we'll do yeah. musically together. But yeah, what, cool ha- to, like, what happens when she makes like a slap that's way harder than yours? You're like, oh, great. <laughs> oh, that happens to me like every day. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Like, like, I mean, you know, being with her, it's it's inspiring. You know, like watching her create and like the way that she can create and like make dope music so quickly it, it it's really like inspired me to be like yo like i need to step my game up and like be on top of my shit and like you know i don't know just like not be wasting my time doing some other bullshit like mm-hmm. i need to like really try to like harness the free time like the <laughs> the rare free time that i have like i really need to try to like you know use it wisely and like try to like you know train that muscle you know what i mean that's because dope. like what I see her create is just like bam, it's like magic. It's like a dope song just comes out of thin air, and then it's like, and it's like yeah, and then like I'm going out of the studio to like track so and so on, and I'm just like fuck. Like, <laughs> she's like got a plan. Yeah, like <laughs> like I really need to step my game up. You know, so yeah, just a killer, man. That's mm-hmm. L.A. killer. She on Ableton too? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. You're on Ableton, right? Obviously. 
You know, like I've kind of like shuffled through all the DAWs over mm. the years, and mm-hmm. like I've used them all at certain points of time. You know, like I, I did Crying Over Pros on Pro Tools. We did Drink Damn. the Sea on Cubase. Wow. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, and uh, we've made like some tunes on Logic as well too. But you know, for us and like the way that we collaborate in Glitch Mob and the fact that we share everything on Dropbox, like Ableton was just the easiest way mm-hmm. with the easiest file structure that you know, kind of like when the sessions like all get synced on Dropbox, they can open perfectly on anyone's computer. And so that's just the way we've been doing it for like the past um, couple records. But you know, I kind of fuck with like all the dogs. You know, I got Bitwig and shit, and like you know, like I, <laughs> I kind of mess with everything. Like I'm just, I'm fascinated. Like you know, like I'm a music tech nerd. You yeah, know what I mean? like, yeah, yeah. Like I just love yep. music technology. I love plugins and shit. And like you know, like yeah, man. Like I just, I just love it all. Like core gadget, like whatever it is, like iOS apps, like you know. To me, it's it's all fascinating, and I I love just like playing with it, educating myself on it, and you know, but like what we've been working with in Glitch Mob, yeah, it's it's been Ableton. That's dope. I've I've heard create like so many stories from Kenny Siegel about you guys back in the USC days. <laughs> yes, early days. That's my dog. We go way back. Yeah, man. damn. We go way back. How did you guys I got meet? Some funny fucking yeah. stories with me and Kenny that. I, I don't really know if I'm ready to tell on the Team Supreme Podcast. Like, <laughs> this podcast this is, is the rarest. Man. I've heard, I've heard some. Work, yo, I've heard some, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some fucked up shit. Some fucked up shit in very fucked up mind states. So Just yeah. imagine Kenny Siegel and Edit at USC together. And da- was yeah. Daedalus there too? Yep. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's so crazy. All you guys. Yeah, man. That was kind of like the start of your guys' like team. If you had a team supreme, like that was that for you yeah, guys. I mean, that's it kind of seems like. I was going to say, like, we usually start with like these interviews with like the life story of, mm-hmm. but we kind of skipped that. So can yeah. you like kind of maybe go just real quick? Like, sure. how did you start doing this shit? Like, yeah. So um, I basically, you know, moved out to California to go to USC for theater. Um, theater. Damn. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But um, I got my scholarship through theater but like lost it after the first year because I was just raving a bunch and not going to class and stuff but through that you know like I met Kenny um Frosty from Dub Lab um Alfred Daedalus mm-hmm. uh Aloe Black oh yeah um who was in Eminon with Exile mm-hmm. at the time um yeah there was like a small little community of musicians and like producers and stuff and um yeah, like uh, Kenny and I, we used to be in this um, this DJ, ba- this hip hop jungle DJ battle crew called On Point. Oh, you were in On Point? Yeah, it was me. Oh my god, Kenny, this guy Prolifix, uh, this guy Devis, and this guy Malice. Yeah. And there was like one other dude who did not live in Los Angeles. I'm forgetting his name right now. Uh, but yeah, man. And so at the time. I was also a resident DJ of Concrete Jungle, and that's yeah. that's where the Daddy Kev connection came from. It was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I was I was a resident DJ of Concrete Jungle before I was even twenty one. So you know, I had to mm-hmm. borrow my roommate's ID at the time to go DJ <laughs> my own club, and um, yeah, that's that's, that's where the connection to Daddy Kev and Project Bloat and like all that kind of stuff comes from, and um, and also. You know, DJ Hive, who was yeah. a drum bass DJ yep. at the time on Metalheads, um, and who 
to this day continues to master our records mm. as well too. Mm-hmm. Dark DJ, art mastering. DJ Hive. Yeah, DJ. Yeah. He used to go by DJ Hive. Mike. Yeah. Uh, Mike. Yeah. Now, he's now he's shit. he's a mastering engineer. Dark art mastering. Oh, dark. Oh, yeah. 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 He's the shit. Yeah, I know. Yeah. About his he's shit. the shit. Yeah, totally. He's so, a legend. Yeah. Yeah. So I used to work for him and Kev's record label. They used to have a record label called Celestial mm-hmm. at the time that put out a bunch of the blowed shit. And then also Vortex, which was the drum bass side of it. And I was just an intern there. And in turn turned into like letting me become a resident DJ at Concrete Jungle in the back room. It was me, Kev, and this guy, James Ty, who was the the senior editor at Herb Magazine mm. at the time. And, you know, we would DJ the back room and then Hive would be the resident DJ of the front room, which was like drum bass and stuff like that. And, you know, from that, like I met like all the blow dudes and stuff, you know. Peace, Mike and I and AC alone, like yeah. all bus driver, like all those guys, and mm-hmm. like you know had done a uh, cut with bus driver, um, um, Ab, Abstract yeah, Group yeah, yeah. as well Ab. too. Yeah, um, yeah, like Meg Grouch and Eli through that whole entire thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know the cut with <clears throat> Grouch as well too. Yep, yep. Um, so yeah, so that was kind of like the prior, like kind of like the backstory to it all. And then when Concrete Jungle ended. Uh, I basically kind of like left the Los Angeles kind of like DJ, like underground hip hop DJ thing for a little bit. And I went off to write Crying Over Pros for no reason, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then that would eventually come out on Planet Mew. And then I kind of resurfaced again as edit, uh, because at the time when I was DJing uh, Concrete Jungle and stuff, like my DJ name was Con Artist. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> How funny is that Shout shit, Shout out con artist. The con artist. <laughs> if anything, I've definitely had a track record for picking like the worst artist names possible. <laughs> and then obviously edit, which is like, bro, you just type that shit in in Google. It's just like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? So it's just like, you know, batting O for 2 right there, man. It's all good. So. No, nah, but the spelling of it with the cat. That's, that's right. That's cool. It looks, it looks cool. Uh, it does. Thanks, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, you know, basically came out and started, you know, putting out music as edit, put out Crying Over Pros on Planet Mew. And then, um, yeah, started talking to Kev again, Daddy Kev. Yeah. And um, first, you know, he was like, yo, like, I want to I wanna start a club. Like, yo, let's talk about starting a club. Yada, yada, yada. And I was like, okay, yeah, like, I'm down. And um, actually, like, like, you know, like, not to, I, I don't know, like, brag or, like, whatever. But, yeah. you know, actually, it was, like, I was the one that suggested that we call the club Low in Theory. Oh, hell yeah. To Kev. Yeah, that's and crazy. And he was like, he was like, word. He was like, yeah, like, totally. Like, yo, that makes total sense. You know, and it's, you know, it's a nod to Tribe. To tribe, yeah. And stuff. And then, obviously, nice. the kinds of music that we're going to be doing there, like, dude, yeah, that makes total sense. Um, and then so was a resident at low end for the first year and a half. Yeah. But the thing is, is that glitch mob was just like popping off like crazy mm-hmm. hard at that point in time. And it was really hard for me to juggle both because I'd be flying out either Thursday or Friday to go play like two to three glitch mob gigs per weekend, come back on Sunday or Monday yeah. and then have to basically like stage manage the club and Damn. like kind of like yeah. think about like oh fuck and think about like you know programming and booking the club as well too Ooh, damn and all that shit and damn. like like it was it was yeah. wild and it was crazy that is um, crazy but i also like suggested to get to get uh flylo in oh okay for the very first month of low end like i remember like um 
Steve at the time, like I met Steve uh, Flying Lotus, like when he was still interning at Stone's Throw. Damn. And wow. this was this was like before Los Angeles and like all that shit. Crazy. Like, he hadn't even put out a record on Plug Research yet. But like, you know, we kind of like it was actually Alfred that was like, yo, you should uh meet this dude Flying Lotus. Like, I think you would like his beats and like, yeah, and then like, you know, we started communicating with each other. And I remember he was he was like, yo, do you think I can come over to your crib and you can show me how to use Ableton? Mm-hmm. You know, just like show me like what it's all about. I, I'm not claiming that like I taught Steve how to use Ableton <laughs> at all. I'm not, I'm not claiming that at all. But at the time, Steve was making all his shit in Reason. Sure. You know, and this was like probably like Ableton like two or three or some shit, <laughs> like super ancient Ableton. And I was like, yeah, come over to my pad. And this was when I was still living in Venice. And he was like, yeah, like, I'll hook you up with some tracks that I made, you know, if you just kind of, sh-. and like, you know, he came over and like, you know, like I showed him what it was all about. And he was like, okay, cool. And like, I don't even think he was like decided that he even wanted to make music in Ableton at that point. He was still doing all this shit in Reason. Damn. Uh, but yeah, he basically gave me like a bunch of like unreleased Flylo shit. And then, um, and then dude, the rest is history. I just saw the dude blow up like literally yeah. like a year later. It was yeah. just like, Psh! That's amazing. Yeah. And then, like, right when that was happening, I was like, Kev, we got to get this guy. That's low end. crazy. Like, this guy is going to be the next Dilla. That's so like, crazy. Up, you know, and obviously, you know, the rest is history with that. And um, But, yeah, like, basically, the whole low-end thing, it just got, like, way too crazy to juggle that and Glitch Mob. And I kind of had to, like, choose one, mm-hmm. really. Like, mm-hmm. I just I couldn't figure out how to do it, like, like will did yeah where he could like tour and do the club all the time sure like for me it was like way too hard to tour do the club make glitch mob music engineer glitch mob music you know what i mean so yeah. like i was just like all right like, yep i can't do that's, low end anymore yeah, yeah. that's so, kind of what yeah. i'm in right now too like yeah because i i started like we started the hypnothesis yeah with, like the curtis fanboys and my my goal the whole time was to kind of I, i'm kind of like the edit in that situation like yeah. i kind of my goal from the beginning is like, yo, I want to start this with you guys, but I already want to help it become self-sustaining without yeah. me so that mm-hmm. I can exactly. show up and DJ. But so far, like, I've been doing what you've, like, I'm there Dude, the whole time. I'm it's insane. People and, like, Throwing yeah. a club night, it's it's so much oh, more work yeah. than yeah. you think. Oh, yeah. And, and, and not only that, but, like, like, when I was doing Concrete with Kev, things were, like, a little bit more on autopilot, and, like, a lot more of it was on Kev. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Like, he was always the one, yeah. like, you know, dealing with, like, who we were going to get in the back room. I would obviously have suggestions sure. sometimes and, like, kind of, like, get some people to play, like, the back room, get people in there to DJ and shit. But it was yeah. mostly Kev. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. figuring it all out. But once Lowen came around, it was, like, it was obviously Lowen is Kev's brainchild. Yeah. He's the boss of, like, Lowen Theory and stuff. You know, but definitely like a lot of the just kind of like the day-to-day operational shit yeah definitely became my responsibility like sure. stage man of the club sure. being setting shit up being there till like the very end when it's <laughs> up and like dude it's a lot of it's fucking work lot. bro it's That's a the lot it's a lot you know and they did it every damn wednesday yeah, yeah dude every it's, week dude it's every week it, it it was it was a lot and it was you know it was definitely like sad to like you know pass the torch on to d styles but like i couldn't have thought of like a better dude to like you know give him my residency too so seriously you know like hats off to him for 
yeah taking it to the moon and you know I've, I've been blessed enough to go back there every so often to play it and play the very last one and you know hell yeah, yeah. man yes damn dude, we gotta get you at hypnosis yeah. dude I'm, I'm I'm so down man I'm so down I need somebody this month <laughs> I'm so down. Next month, next month. I gotta ask you, Dane, because like, so Hypnothesis kind of started like right at the end of Loan. Was it because Loan was ending, or was that like partially why you guys started your own your own party to kind of carry the torch? I think it, was was it was kind of coincidental. Yeah, um, it wasn't like because of Loan stopping, but it was like I mean, we started like three months before Loan stopped, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like right after. Like we started mm-hmm. before they stopped. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. We definitely had that in our minds. Like, we want to have something that's similar to that, but it's not a weekly. Yeah. And it's not the same, like, structure. Like, you can buy tickets ahead of time. And, like, we definitely want to be different. Like, we want to kind of build something completely new. But, obviously, like, we all come from low end. So. For yeah. sure. For <laughs> sure. Like, in- inevitably, it's going to be somewhat similar to low end. Yeah. But, but no, yeah, we need it. Yeah, yeah. We need something. I hope. <laughs> well, that's, that's the question is, like, can we, can I put in enough effort to do it because at the end of the day, I don't want to be a club promoter. I want to be an artist. Yeah. And yeah. I'm yeah. hoping that, I mean, we have a really good team like Tristan Hoppe. Yeah. The, the only problem is we're all artists. Like everyone involved is like, that's hard. Sure. It's a pretty fucking good artist. Like that's hard. That yeah. could at any time, like take off to the point where we, we can't really have yeah. them around. That know? was yeah. the one thing, uh, with Kev that was so good is like, you know, like Kev, I mean, he's, he's been such a cornerstone, he he's been like the Dr. Dre of this like whole like really Los has. Angeles yep. beat scene thing, mm-hmm. and because he basically kind of like more like retired from being like a creator, from being like a <laughs> like a producer, mm-hmm. um, that that actually pumps out, you know, has a creative output in the scene, and moving more towards a role of kind of like label manager, club yeah. uh, promoter, and engineer, like mix engineer. Mm-hmm. Like I think it was. I mean, I still don't know how he did it, but like I mm-hmm. think inherently his brain was just wired a little bit more for yeah running low in theory yeah 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 yeah. for sure for sure and he's just like an absolute machine kind of like the way you are with your production (laughs) you guys have a very similar kind of vibe i don't know that's that's like that's like that's my big bro man yeah I've, i've learned so much from him yeah you know what i mean and like that's what i always tell people you know daddy kev he's he's been like my big brother in the game this entire time that's, uh, how, yeah. that's how I feel yeah. too. Yeah. Shout out to Daddy Kev, man. Yeah, man. You both got that like Kobe men- like vibe. That, Mamba that mentality. Mamba, vibe. Mamba <laughs> mentality. It's exact. It's like an old school LA gangster mentality. Like that's what you guys <laughs> are, like to be like to me. I don't know shit. why. Kev's <laughs> like, way more, gangster, more gangster, gangster than me, man. Kev's like legit you know. gangster sometimes. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm a lover. I'm a lover. I'm like Tom Brady, you know? What do we do about the haters? Yeah, we, we just love them. We just we love them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I told that to him once at Low End. I was like, this is like some mob shit. He's like, damn right. <laughs> like, of course it is. Bro. Oh, shit. He's man. like, Woo. definitely likes that. Woo. I like that too. Yeah. It's kind of how it's got to work. Mm-hmm. Without the murdering, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Sets and... So, Sets of 30 minutes, baby. Sets of 30 minutes, baby. See, that's the thing, I watched him. Dude, I watched him pull the ox cord out from someone because they went over. Fuck, bro. Stone cold, man. So tight. So so daddy. Kev, man. Dude, I love it. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I love it, dude.
cool. I think we're almost at like an hour, so maybe we should start wrapping up. Like I, I usually ask people kind of, you know, what they see happening in the future. What, what do you see? I mean, I know you said you had like hundreds of beats. Yeah. Hopefully you're going to put them together in some sort of album or something. Like. Yeah, that's definitely one of my goals for this year is to um, really start my side project, you know? Hell yeah. Um, that's it's something. It's not going to be edit? It's not going to be edit anymore. No. Come on. All right. It's, Man, it's, it's, so it's time. It's time for the next chapter. I mean, I've debated it for a while, but, you know, like, I think, um, you know, like a record like Crying Over Prose and stuff, like, I th- I've i been gone away from the game this long, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And although I've been making music this entire time, you know, like, so many people, I think, like, they expect something. There's an expectation yeah. there. And part of me, like, you know, part of the beauty of crying over prose is like, or with any artist, when you write your first record, you know, like you are literally like writing that with with no expectations or preconceived notions from anyone. It's almost like mm-hmm. the purest um it's like almost like the purest expression that you can you can uh have as an artist. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because after that, you know what I mean? It's like once um once you have fans or press or whatever then there's like a kind of like a a preconceived notion of who you are and what you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and unless you're someone like flylo where you're just like i'm just gonna like you know make whatever the the fuck i want like you know like every single record you know what i mean it's kind of like maybe as an artist you play into that i know Mm -hmm. for as Mm -hmm. glitch mob we have you know glitch Mm -hmm. mob it's it's a fan experience project Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i think like after drink the sea i think that was us just being the purest version of ourselves sure. and every record after that it's it's literally been something that you know we've wanted to create for the fans because we know how much that music means to Resonates, them yeah. and for me it's like i don't want to have to create music from a place of expectation mm-hmm. or whatever like i really just want to to experience and live that moment of just like being an infant artist all over again and just express myself exactly in the way that I want to. You know? Don't you feel like you have a little bit of freedom because of how long you, you there's between the albums, like if you did it as edit, there really isn't like, if anything, you'll get new fans who like will hear your first album. You know what I mean? Like just the, the other side of the coin, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. I think also just, um, you know, like, I don't know. Like I, I just wanted like a reboot and a fresh start, man. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know, know what, what I mean? You're going to call it yet or no? You don't have to tell us. I, I I mean, like, I have been submitting some shit to Team Supreme and shit, but... Ooh, so it's already out there. You know, like, I don't really know if I'm, I'm fully 100% ready to tell the world yet, but, you know, like, maybe we'll just, like, sprinkle some shit in and just let people figure it out for themselves, all right, man. All right, all right. New, yeah. uh, so, breaking news, con artist is come, making a comeback. <laughs> oh, shit, man. Yeah, you gotta let Preston name me. Preston named me, man. He's good at names, dude. I yeah. named you? Yeah, you were like, just do great name, bro. It's so obvious. I was like, okay. <laughs> it's too obvious. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Damn, son. Well, hopefully we can sprinkle some of this new stuff into this uh this podcast here yeah. give people a little taste i will put Let's in get it every beat you give me man we'll just we'll break it up like word by word we'll yeah <laughs> we'll make like a little sentence song sentence yeah song. i'd rather just have tons of songs in it <laughs> just leak this album right leak quick the whole just album. leak it right quick <laughs> oh yeah man oh man i had one more question yes. that i totally forgot to ask about and uh it, it it pertains to your commercial music that oh, I don't shit. think a lot of people even know about. Ed yeah. 
And what I've heard from Kenny is that at one point you were the most winningest commercial music producer <laughs> in LA. Like you just sl- smashed uh, everyone. Like all the music houses, you just destroyed everyone. Do you still hard, do commercial dude. movie like uh, commercial Kenny, music? Kenny's too nice, yeah. man. Kenny's too nice. <laughs> I mean like, you know, like there was a period in time I I don't do uh commercial music anymore. I don't I don't write jingles for a living anymore. But mm. yes, there was a period in time um, where after I graduated from college until basically um, the first year of low end that I was basically writing jingles for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, I started working at this house called Face of Music. I don't even know if they exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But I also, you know, like as a result, ghost wrote on a couple movies as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um Mothman Prophecies and Rules oh, of Attraction. Whoa. You know, um, whoa. I don't know if like ghostwriting is like the right word for it because like, you know, like when you like hypothetically speaking, let's say you work for Hans Zimmer, uh-huh. like, you know, like yeah. you're just like one of the writers in his thing. You know what I mean? And yep. like same way, it was like my yep. bosses, Tom and Andy, I was writing for them. You know what I mean? Both on commercials and movies. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like where I started. And then after that year, I moved over to this, uh, literally right across the street, right across the street, I moved to this house called Face the Music. Uh-huh. And I worked there for about, I want to say maybe four to five years. Wow. But yeah, like at that point in time, you know, like the jingle game was very different. Yeah. And um, I was one of the few guys in the game that had like a strong kind of like hip hop and electronic music backbone. Like that was my specialty. Even though on a daily basis, you know, I was writing like all kinds of shit, like Barbie commercials, country Western shit, (laughs) orchestral shit, rock shit, just like corny pop stuff, like anything, you know what I mean? Um, But yeah, at that point in time, like I was, you know, like my, my main claim to fame was like, I wrote like a grip of the Scion commercial. That's right. Yeah. Okay. That's probably the reason why I own a Scion now. <laughs> Subliminally. <laughs> yeah. Like I was, I was definitely like the Scion guy yeah, for yeah. like, like a long period of That's time. Right. You know, That's that was right. kind of like my, my signature in the jingle game was like doing kind of like that cross between some like hip hop drum break thing with some electronic sounds in it yes and stuff like kind of like watered down to the point that like it was like acceptable to like you know people watching it on tv and stuff um yeah the jingle game it's it's um it's something over time that made me very miserable Mm. you know um and i wasn't really as smart about it as kenny was like Mm -hmm. i think like the way that kenny approached it like i think he kind of maybe like looked at the way that I did it and kind of was like, okay, how do I position myself to where I can kind of minimize all the whack stuff Mm, about this mm -hmm. and just be smart about this and kind of like, you know, capitalize on obviously the good part about it, which is the money. True. You know, um, what do you mean? Like what makes, what makes it, how did he explain that? Well, Kenny, like when Kenny came into the game, like he worked for this jingle house called Elias and and Elias, they were basically like the Yankees Mm -hmm. of the jingle game. Yep. Um, and, but the way that Kenny did it, like he was very, he was very smart about it. Like, you know, it's, um, Elias, they had some like big, like heavy hitting, um, jingle writers in there, obviously Mm -hmm. like some, some old guys that have been writing for like ages, like some like 60 year old dudes that could just like play anything, but like weren't really dope at anything. Kind of like a jack of all trades. Kenny obviously went in there, obviously his, 
his whole slant was like wow. hip hop beats yeah. and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but obviously still required to write anything, mm-hmm. Barbie commercials, you know, mm-hmm. country music, whatever. Um, but the way that Kenny was smart about it was like, as opposed to like having just kind of like a really bad taste in his mouth, just about the whole process and everything. Kenny really like, you know, he made like a lot of good relationships with like a lot of the advertising agencies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that when it was his time to leave, yeah. you know, he could basically after the fact, you know, still work with those people. Yep. Me, it's like the whole game just kind of like wore me down to the point that like when, when I left, I was like, I don't want to fuck with any I'm of those done. people anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The one yep. thing that I am grateful for is that the, the five years that I was in the game, it was the, the fact that I had to write probably like three to four cuts a day. Yeah. And they were just all over the place. They could be Barbie. They could be country music. They could be rap. They could be, mm-hmm you know classical a moby ripoff or like whatever like it really sharpened my sword to be able to like in my own creative process be able to like hit the switch whenever Mm -hmm. and it's something that i still carry over with me today yeah you know what i mean it's like when it's time for me to like step in the studio like with the fellas or whatever it's like Mm -hmm. there's no like oh i need like the incense to be on or like it needs to be like the right vibe or whatever like yeah yo fuck that like let's go you know what i mean like like that's how i do it you know what i mean it's like i don't need the place to be comfy or whatever the fuck it's like i'm ready to go anytime sure you know and like that's the one thing that i'm super grateful um for having Mm -hmm. like been in the jingle game for is like to be able to like have that mentality and have that switch that it's like I just need to be able to create whenever under any circumstance. Mm-hmm. And it's still something that I carry over with me today. You know, hotel yep. rooms, tour bus bunks, fucking sitting in Delta Lounge, like yeah. wherever it is, it doesn't matter. Like I still need to be able to hit that switch mm-hmm. today. I can't wait for like, you know, gotta be sitting in like yeah. super cushy, cozy is environment that, in my that, million dollar yeah. studio or whatever. Is you that know? pretty common in like in like the upper echelon of production is it like people like that a lot of people like really need like perfect well you know for for me it's just like i I mean like i don't know like i don't want to speak for anybody i'm not trying to put those people down either because it's like you know it's like yo everyone's creative process is different it's like yeah i mean like i don't know like you know if your whole sound is like vintage synths and modulars of course you're gonna have to need that shit around you yeah to make beats and stuff but Mm -hmm. um for me it's just like it's always just no excuses, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, and that's the one thing that that the Jingle Game taught me. And it also just taught Dope. me to have a greater appreciation mm-hmm. for all music. And like Tom Brady, yeah. like, yo, don't be a hater. You know yes. what I mean? It's like, yeah. there's always some beauty to be found in like making a country music track sure. for the day. Sure. And always something to be learned from that. It's like, yeah. you know, like during those days being like, okay, well, yeah, like, obviously, I'm not, like, the craziest country music fan, but it's like, yo, the way that they EQ the drums and yeah. the way that they mix that, mm-hmm. there's yep. just something about it that's, like, yep. different from this other shit that I'm making exactly. on the daily. Yeah. And, like, just being able to have an appreciation for that. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, like, as a student, um, you know, like, I look at myself as, like, forever going to be a student of making music in the studio yeah you know what i mean like that's like my craft like i'm gonna be doing this shit to the day i die and like you know like the one positive upside from the jingle game was like because i'm being thrown into all these situations on a daily basis that were outside of my comfort zone and oftentimes like i didn't even like you Mm -hmm. know what i mean it's like i mean Mm -hmm. who the fuck is gonna like making a barbie track yeah yeah. it's like (laughs) you know but like but trying to find the the positive in that and just trying to 
to look at it as like, okay, well, I obviously don't like doing this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But like, but what can I learn from this today? Mm. And, um, you know, still taking that with me to this day. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, on a daily basis, like working on music, it's like, you know, like, yeah, I would say probably like maybe half the time I like the stuff that I make. The other time I don't like the stuff that I make. Mm -hmm. But what can I learn from that sure. you know, on a daily basis? You know? Sure thing, man. So. Stay on the grind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a good note to all the people that uh, ask us questions. We get questions a lot on these podcasts. We yeah. have an email that we go through. And a lot of times people are asking, like, how, how do I get a career started? Like, what do I do to make a little money here and there? And it's like... Yeah. Dude, try commercial shit. Try everything. Like, yeah. even if you don't like it, you're gonna learn something from it or appreciate something from it. Like, yeah, yeah. just don't don't take anything for granted. Mm -hmm. You know, and just like, you know, like like approach every day like it's both your first and your last. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And just try to make the most of it. You know. Yep. True debt. To this day. <laughs> to this day. To this day. I think that's a good place to leave it, man. That cool, was man. Super, yeah. Super helpful. Like personally as well because i've been kind of just like trying to get more inspired so it's really uh -huh. nice to hear like your perspective on everything man i'm sure it'll help every like all the producers that listen right on, to yeah that, so. yeah thanks bro yeah. still continuing to mentor us to this day yes, <laughs> still <laughs> pay it forward man. i mean that's what you guys are doing you guys yeah, are paying yeah. it forward literally you know so hell yeah, yeah man. man that's what it, that's what it's all about yeah. thanks brother cheers bro thank you thank you thanks Eddie. for having me man Sweet. It's a wrap.